Amanda from Ponte's Books with another video from chapter two, this time focusing on our historical tidbit. This will be our last video for chapter two. So for this historical tidbit, we are focusing in on the Tower of London. So that picture is a modern day uh, depiction or a modern day photograph of the Tower of London. It might not have looked exactly the same as that in Henry VIII's day, but there's a lot of the original structure that's still there. Um, and some of the original purposes of it are still being used to this day as well. So that's what we're going to focus on for today. So it's actually a pretty quick reference in chapter two. It's not a, a big part of it. However, it is kind of an important part to a side plot that's coming up later in the story. So I wanted to just focus on it now so that the background knowledge was already there when we move into kind of this other, like I said, side plot. Um, so yeah, this is where we find the reference to the tower in chapter two. Tom could always find something going on around the Maypole in Cheapside and at the fairs, and now and then he and the rest of London had a chance to see a military parade when some famous unfortunate was carried prisoner to the tower by land or boat. One summer's day he saw poor Anne Askew and three men burned at the stake in Smithfield and heard an ex-bishop preach a sermon to them which did not interest him. So I kind of extended the passage around where it mentions the tower a little bit, just because there are a few other historical references in there that I wanted to add in here as bonuses um, that I'll get to a little bit later. But you can see kind of smack dab in the middle there. That's where it's referencing the tower. So Mark Twain throws it in there kind of casually as if he just expects everybody to know what this reference means. And a lot of people do, but not everybody does. So I wanted to focus in on that for my video today. So what was the tower? The tower was built in the 1070s by William the Conqueror. And at the time, it was meant to really dominate the skyline. It was supposed to be this intimidating structure that towered over everything else around it um, so that it would be intimidating to people. And it had all these walls that were kind of surrounding this inner area um, to keep things pretty secure. So it initially took about 20 years to build, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. I can't really think of very many modern structures that would take that long to build. That would be, that would be pretty crazy. Um, and it had many uses over the years. So one of those uses and one of the ones that is most known for and the way it's being referenced in The Prince of the Popper is that it is meant to imprison the rivals of the king and the queen and the enemies of the king and the queen. So the tower was really reserved for famous prisoners and people who were actually personally known by the king and queen. They didn't really put just common people in there. Uh, it was reserved for some of those nobles who uh, had done things like committed treason or personally offended the, the royal family. But some other purposes of the tower, it also protected kings and queens and their possessions. So they could actually protect themselves within this fortress and many of their most prized possessions, including the crown jewels, which are still stored there to this day. There was also um, a place where arms and armor were made, tested, and stored in this space as well. And lastly, it, it was a spot to actually create. There was a mint inside that would uh, create money, and they would also control the supply of the nation's money here. So those were a lot of different purposes, but like I said, for the most part, what it's most known for is a prison. And some of the fam famous prisoners who stayed here, one, uh, this first one was covered in 
one of our previous historical tidbits, Miss Anne Boleyn. So if you don't remember, Anne Boleyn was Henry VIII's second wife, and she was actually executed ultimately. But before that, when she was first preparing for her coronation, when early on, um, when they were getting married, Henry VIII actually modernized some of the rooms in the tower because, like I said, it was built well before he actually ended up utilizing it. So he modernized some of the rooms uh, as kind of like a present to Anne Boleyn for her coronation, and she actually stayed there in these kind of comfy mon modernized rooms. And the somewhat ironic thing is that then after everything went down with her and Henry and she was accused of treason and other things, she actually was sent back to the tower and stayed in these same rooms before being executed. So I guess at least she got to be comfortable before she had her head chopped off. I don't know. So she's probably the most famous prisoner. Um, but another famous one, and purposely mentioned because she's also a character in The Prince and the Pauper, is Lady Jane Grey. So in the story, she's actually Edward VI's cousin. So she hasn't been introduced in the story yet, but she will get mentioned uh, starting in chapter three, but more so later on. Um, so she's Henry VIII's niece, Edward VI's cousin. And she actually, after Edward dies, because Edward does not live for very long while he's the king, she actually holds the crown for nine days, a whopping nine days before she is ultimately executed as well um, because of a little bit of drama with Edward's sister, Lady Mary, also known as Bloody Mary, who uh, thought that Lady Jane was a threat to her and she wanted the crown, so she had her executed. She felt a little conflicted about it, but in general, she, she still went through with it, so it was kind of a cruel thing to do. So you can see here in the middle of this image that is supposed to be the last moments of Lady Jane Grey. So you can see how kind of distraught she was leading up to her death. Um, but yeah, so Lady Jane Grey was also held in the tower prior to her execution. Uh, this one I wouldn't necessarily pin as being like a famous prisoner, but because it's mentioned in the passage where I pulled this quote, I wanted to mention who Anaskew was. So Askew was a woman, uh, again, lots of, lots of other things you could say about her, but the short version is she went to Henry, Henry VIII to request a divorce from her husband, and he actually denied her, which is not very kind of him because if you recall, again, from our last tidbit, Henry VIII was all about getting a divorce from his first wife, hence why he had all of England leave the Catholic Church so that he could go through with it, yet here's another person coming and he's, he's denying her, uh, her divorce. But um, essentially after that, she was kind of on his radar and there were a couple other things that happened. She ultimately was arrested on suspicion of heresy. So kind of going against the Church of England and was later released and was arrested again. There were some suspicions, suspicions that she was um, kind of influencing one of Henry's wives, his last wife, and was trying to get her to also commit heresy. Anyway, they later tortured her uh, and she was killed as well. So also a prisoner in the tower. And that's the one that supposedly Tom Canty saw being brought to her execution. So is the tower still around? As I said before, yes, it absolutely is. It is um, a place that still holds the crown jewels and it's a world heritage site. So it's actually probably one of the highest visited tourist destinations in London. So you can go there, you can see like the crown jewels and all these different 
um, weapons and things like that that are important to that are all like bedazzled and bejeweled and um, it's pretty cool to be able to see and they're all in these you know obviously very secure cases but you can still go see them um, and see the different rooms and uh, just fun fact about the tower many people say that it's supposedly haunted um, so one of the ghost people say is actually Anne Boleyn there were also two young boys of one of the kings uh, at the time who were actually murdered in the tower well they their bodies went missing and were never seen again except for they found some skeletons that they're pretty sure matched them much later uh, but supposedly they are also ghosts that haunt the tower among others um, but also modern day the guards who protect kind of the crown jewels and uh, the tower they actually still many of them still live in like within the walls of the tower uh, and you know stay there after the do the doors close for tourists at night they actually stay in there and there's actually uh, a pub inside the walls and other things as well that can help make it like home for them but wait what about those other references that were in the passage that I didn't understand? So I already talked about Anna Skew. She was one that was in there. Uh, there was also a reference to, well, first there was a reference to a maypole, which is, I guess, a little bit of a historical reference, but it's basically just a really tall pole um, that people would dance around during uh, the, specifically for May Day. Um, they would kind of wear fancy dresses and, and you know, walk and march and dance around it. Uh, but it talks about the maypole in Cheapside, so Cheapside is a street and a market. It's still a street or still an area in London as well. Um, but back then it was one of the largest wealthy areas in London. So this big market was actually a draw for uh, a lot of wealthy people to live in that area. And because it was a wealthy area, it was along many different processional routes. So there would be different processions that would go through there. So if you know the king was being processed all around, processing all around London, um, that would be one of the streets that he would go down, or um, if an execution was coming up, the prisoners would be walked along that route. So again, that's why we see Tom seeing Anna Skew and these other prisoners being brought um, from the tower and to their execution is because he was on, he liked to hang out around Cheapside, is what it said in that passage. Uh, and then the last reference in here was Smithfield. Smithfield uh, was, is, is, again, still a place, but back then it was a common location for execution. So that was the location where Anaskew and those other three men were, uh, were killed. Um, so that's it for our references for this time uh, in terms of uh, kind of like the tidbit, but some modern day references, we see again a lot of kind of books and movies and things that reference the tower so Richard III is a play by William Shakespeare and that is actually one that includes the story of when I mentioned those two young boys who were murdered this actually is included in the story of Richard III um, also there was a goosebump story by R.L. Stein uh, a Night in Terror Tower, which actually has an audiobook version, and there are, uh, I think there was a two-part episode that was made of it in the Goosebumps TV show, and there's even apparently a board game that's out. So this, a lot of Goosebumps-themed tower things um, to, to talk about. 
Um, there's also ref reference to Ichabod and Mr. Toad. So Mr. Toad actually stayed in the tower when he was arrested in this video. Johnny English, um, I think somebody stole something from the tower, uh, I think as part of the plot for the movie. I haven't actually seen it, sorry. Um, there are many, 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 many Doctor Who episodes that reference or take place in uh, and around the tower. Uh, and then lastly, A Thousand Ways to Die is uh, a show that featured, I mean, I guess without just different weird ways that people have died in real life. And so the, the deaths of the people on the greens of the tower um, were covered in one of their episodes. So that's it for today. And, uh, Hopefully you learned a, you learned a little bit. <laughs>